Hey there, and welcome to the Enrollify podcast. Each week, the Enrollify podcast equips you with insights into how the latest trends in marketing and technology are affecting today's enrollment marketers. Every episode is designed to inspire new creative ideas for how to optimize the resources you do have to generate the results that you need. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Welcome to the show. All right, we are live. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Enrollify podcast. Zach here, and today I am joined by not one, but two fantastic guests. Welcome to the show, Allison and Katie. How are you both doing today? Hey, Zach, we're doing well. Thanks for having us. We're awesome. We're glad to be here. Yes, this is a this is a real treat. You two are both hailing, well, hailing virtually from Siena uh, College. And you were just letting me know that the weather in in Albany, you guys got what, like a dusting of snow, barely any snow compared to some of the rest of the East Coast? Yeah, we've actually had like almost no snow this year. It kind of stinks if you're a ski lover. We ah, haven't yeah. really been able even to get out with the kids to go sledding this year. We've had really not much snow. Oh so. my gosh. Well, we've had cold I, though. We've had the cold for sure. Yeah, very cold. Yeah. Yeah, the worst part of winter, right? Like the cold, but no snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm super excited for the conversation that we're going to have today around how marketing and admissions and higher ed can work better together. And, you know, we're going to throw out some ideas, some models that you all have tested and are implementing for how to streamline communications between teams, how to decide what roles and responsibilities might even be centralized between these teams. So I, I'm, I'm super, super excited to chat with both of you. And Allison, we connected over Twitter. You're, you're a beast on there. And I just, I, I get a lot of value from the, from the content that you post. So thank you and, and keep it up. But, Zach, can I make Allison a t-shirt that says I'm a beast on Twitter? Please. That would be awesome. That might, be, that might be my favorite compliment ever. And the rest of the team, Katie, is going to love that. They're going to love it. You are so good in that t-shirt. Yes, please do. Please do. And then send me a photo um, of, of her wearing it. And, and I mean, I mean that sincere, sincerely, like it's, it's, it's funny. I feel like higher ed in this is somewhat of a tangent, but just like higher ed social media presence, you've got folks that like, really understand how to use social well and how to deliver value in the way that it's supposed to be done. And then and then you have what I call like, the people that are very higher ready on Twitter and LinkedIn and whatnot, where it's like, they're they're trying, but there's just a couple things that are, that are a little off, you know, which which is akin to the industry that we all know and love so much. So, anyways, I digress before I get canceled. But <laughs> thank you for thank you for the value that you that you you know you add to my feed. But I want to I want to get started by you know asking both of you to just share something that you've recently changed your mind about. So this could be a something like you know I used to think Twitter ads never worked for recruitment events, but now I swear by them. Or it could be something a little bit more fun, like, you know, I'm now convinced pistachio ice cream is the worst flavor of ice cream ever. Just something to, to kind of, to, you know, that's a little bit fun that can kick off today's convo. So Allison, let's start with you and then Katie, we'll go to you after. Great. Well, I used to think podcasts were lame, but then you asked us to come on yours. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's kidding. good. So I would say, I, my real answer is I would say TikTok. I mean, I knew TikTok was super powerful, especially during the pandemic. I had to delete it from my phone. I would just get sucked into that thing. I mean, how they're working that algorithm, we all, when you experience it, you know how, yeah. how strong it is, right? 
Well, I wasn't convinced that it could be leveraged for marketing, especially at colleges, even though our audience was on there. I just thought that colleges could kind of come across as invading a territory mm. that they shouldn't be in or, or, or it would be lame and it wouldn't hit. Well, I, I hired a new social media person in May or June. Can't remember exactly which month it was, but first TikTok that she produced got nearly 70,000 views. Wow. So I was proven wrong very quickly. I said, Emily, well, I don't know where you go from here because you set the bar <laughs> high for yourself. <laughs> But yeah, so I, as soon as we were able to get someone, another person on the team who could work it, it worked. Yeah, I love it. I love that. And, you know, just to piggyback on that quickly, I think that that's something that higher ed is realizing across the spectrum, right? Is like, oh my gosh, this, this platform that we used to make fun of and, or we chalked up to, this is what our, you know, our kids just do to goof around is now you know, one of the places where that has really harnessed the attention of not just a generation, but but generations and the amount, the quality of attention that TikTok has is absolutely incredible. As as noted by, you know, average, you know, screen time, average time spent on app, which is just skyrocketing amongst Gen Z right now. So that's a good answer. What about you, Katie? What's something you recently changed your mind about? So the, the big one that I changed my mind about was the power of events, right? I, I've always knew that getting families on our campus for visits, for tours were super important, but I've realized the extreme power that they have. So for example, our, our, our events have become experiences, right? Mm. So they're hands-on. We engage those five senses from, from sight to touching, to hearing, to taste and smell, and it's made a game changer. Never in my life would Allison and I think we would ask our president to come into an open house with our pet band throwing Bernie St. Bernard's. But what a wow that was, right? And it's the power of the welcome, right? It was crazy. We're like, what are you about to ask? And we're like, can we ask the president to walk in with the pet band and throw St. Bernard's? And and our VP for a minute thought we were nuts. Uh, we have a nickname, Allison and I, and we won't say it on the podcast, but we asked the president, she was on board and sure enough, she comes in with the pet band throwing St. Bernard's and, and that was our biggest open house we've ever had in the history of the college. Wow. So events are I powerful. They can say, be a lot of fun. Katie, I just want everyone to know that they're stuffed animal St. Bernard's because I don't know how yes. you love the real one. Yes, not real St. Bernard's. No, we no, no. We have a real St. Yes. Bernard mascot, Baloo, now, and he's like 140 pounds or something like that. That'd be hard to toss him. So we have, we have a very coveted stuffed animal item that we that we toss out to open our big events. It's yeah, my gosh. Out to, who let the dogs out? And we have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Awesome. On that on that note, Katie, like I feel I feel like because in person experiences just across mm -hmm. the board are just people are going to fewer events, right? Like, it's just yep. like, it's just true that we spend less time together in, you know, in groups than historically we have. Yep. And I think, therefore, when you do, when you're going to go put a bunch of time and money and effort into events, you, you got to go all out. Like, you you have to be memorable because, again, these are these are few and far between. Yeah. And I think that, like, the, a mistake that a lot of colleges and universities make is the recruitment events are basically like a, you know, it, it's packaging everything that they already have on their website or in their com flow. And it's just reiterating it again with a microphone yeah. in person. Right. And it's like, what, right. a, what a snore, what a snore. Like you have these people, you have their attention. 
how are you going to be memorable? And I yeah. freaking love that idea. Well done. Yeah. Well done. That's incredible. We have a lot more. We can talk to you through it during the podcast. Wonderful. Please. Yeah. Great. Well, what I... When I first reached out to you, Allison, I, it was you, you, I think had commented on something on LinkedIn or somebody else's tweet. I don't even remember what it was, but you had talked a little bit about how marketing and admissions teams need to be more collaborative. And, you know, many B2B and B2C companies today have actually been going through this like merging process of their marketing and sales teams. And, you know, we're seeing things like growth teams pop up across the spectrum, which are essentially just like, you know, the umbrella term for marketing and sales teams. But I think what's interesting about that is at the highest of levels from a leadership standpoint, from an org organizational structure standpoint, companies are realizing that marketing and sales, they, they, they really do need to be in sync with each other, right? Like historically, mm -hmm. they might have seen each other as competitors or, you know, as, as points of friction. And it's really important today more than ever before that these teams collaborate and, and be in sync and higher ed, you know, is always a few years behind everyone else. But I think higher ed is finally, you know, starting to question, hmm, how do we better leverage marketing and emissions teams so that we break down silos, so that there's more collaboration, et cetera. So, you know, Allison, I'd like to start with you and, you know, talk us through, a, a, you know, two to three reasons for why higher ed admissions and marketing teams don't function as a collaborative strategic unit right now? Like what, what are some of the barriers that you have seen uh, over the course of your career as to, you know, why there isn't more synergy already? I mean, let's call it what it is. The first one is control and ownership. Nobody wants to give up what they feel is your lane, my lane, let's stay in our lanes and they can go next to each other, but we can't have anything. We can't have any movement from one to the other. I think that's, and I think that's human nature. Sometimes, you know, this is my job. These are things that are in our purview and, and don't talk, don't talk to me about it. This is, this is what I own. And, and I think that go this, that brings me to the second one, which is feedback. It's not easy to open yourself up to feedback. You know, me and me having ideas for admissions events, Katie having ideas for how we market to high school juniors this year. That it's not easy to open yourself up for that because let's face it, marketing admissions teams get a lot of that as it is, right? From mm. campus. And yeah. but but so we're we're saying we want to be open to that. And it's not easy to be open to that. And then I think organizational structure is a key element. It can get in the way. You know, a mm. lot of people feel like marketing should be its own seat at the cabinet, for instance, and be its own division at the college because it is so important. And I'm not disagreeing about how important marketing is. I mean, I would put myself out of a job, right, if I was saying marketing wasn't important. But if Katie and I did not report to the same vice president, it's not as likely we would be working toward the same goals and objectives. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the goal for a VP of marketing would be building brand reputation while the VP of enrollment needs to make a class and needs to bring in the enough revenue for the operating budget the next year. So the strategies for those two things are different. I'm not saying um, one is more important than the other. They can work in tandem, but they don't, yeah. there's no synergy there to, to hit what's the most important goal for the college. That's what everyone needs to um, get behind. So frankly, we optimize our resources toward enrollment because there isn't enough for us to do both at 100%. So we optimize toward enrollment because that's where 95% plus of our revenue comes from. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think that that's a really interesting idea that you're teasing out, Allison, is how do you like, if you do make marketing, it's it's separate function, if marketing does have its own seat at, you know, the big people table, like, what, what does that mean for collaboration between two units, two strategic divisions of the institution that are both incredibly important. And, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see whether or not we see a parsing out of like, like marketing today at, at most schools includes a, a fair amount of internal communications, right? And the, these folks are responsible for so much more than just thinking about recruitment and thinking about brand awareness for prospective students and families. Like they, their roles and responsibilities are, are quite diverse. And I wonder if we'll start seeing a pivot there where you'll have a marketing function, a marketing unit that focuses very closely with enrollment as like, hey, your job, your, your sole focus is to help support enrollment in strategic branding recruit and recruitment efforts. And then you'll have an, a separate sort of communications team that is solely responsible for ensuring that communications happen internally. So anyways, just random musings. Katie, like you, you've been at Siena College for almost 20 years. How have you seen admissions and marketing evolve over time? And can you give us a couple examples of how your team has worked with Siena's marketing team to help streamline the prospective student experience? Zach, aren't you shocked? 20 years? Doesn't look like I just graduated last year. I was I was going to say, you I look, I, I was like, there's yeah. no way. There's no I way. I know. I know, Zach. Live in the dream, right? Yes, I wish. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what you're, what you're eating. Like, you know, tell me all your secret sauce because, uh, that's the yeah. next podcast. Next one else okay. and I are back for. <laughs> I love it. So it's changed immensely over the 20 years, right? And it was Allison spoke about, they were two totally different entities. Admissions was one under the enrollment team and marketing and communications was, was in a different area of the college. So over the 20 years, it's totally evolved. And now being one team has truly been amazing. Three years in a row, we've recruited a record class at Siena College, which is and in the middle of a pandemic, I saw that, Zach. I know, right? How amazing That's is that? Congratulations, um, yeah. Thank you. It's exciting. And there's a reason. It's because we do work so closely together. We were at a conference in November in Florida when we presented on this very topic of being one team. It was myself, it was Allison, it was Ned, our vice president, and it was Robin, our director of financial aid. And it was amazing to see the line of people that Allison had at the end. Like, how did you get this to happen at your college? How did you yeah. get marketing and your efforts to be with the enrollment team? And it's, so it's pretty cool to see. And, and of course, we talked everyone through how it didn't happen overnight. It took time over the over the 18 years, almost 20 years that I've been there. It's taken time. But through communication, through the power of seeing the changes and how when you do work as one team really does make a difference. Truly. Mm. So small examples and, and examples that my team has seen the benefits of, of marketing um, working together as one. Pre-pandemic, of course, I mentioned that open house in the beginning. Record attendance, right? We looked at our gym. We were at capacity. People wow. standing all the way around. And there's power of having a singular voice pushing people to campus because the world needs more saints. And the power of taking that message, that brand, and executing it through the entire program. So yes, we're going to throw St. Bernard's out. Marketing created a super cool prize wheel. Now, literally, it's a prize wheel, Zach. I'm not even kidding. It's like a Plinko prize Wait, wheel. What, like is, a, a what is a prize? Oh, like, okay, okay. Wow. Yeah, like wow. A, a wheel. You and actually each spin it. has like a different swag. And the swag is, is nothing. It's chapsticks. It's lanyards. It's Sharpie <laughs> pens. It's right. It's all that free stuff. But people love free stuff. We're in the middle of our open house and Allison's like, Katie, look over there. It's our dean of the liberal arts school standing with her son for 30 minutes in line 
to spin the prize wheel. But like that's insane. Wow. People, I know, but people love the prize wheel. They love wow. it. And then as they're they're leaving campus, our marketing team had an amazing idea of who doesn't love warm chocolate chip cookies, right? So they have these amazing warm chocolate chip cookies put in sleeves that said the world needs more saints. So it's the power of working together, executing great ideas has truly, truly made a difference. Another cool idea that Allison has done in her team is the power, and Allison can talk forever on it, obviously, is the power of photo opportunities and, and, and pushing those messages and photos out. So there's a really cool Sienna sign that's in the middle of our campus now. There's also a standing Bernie, uh, St. Bernard statue by our athletic complex, which Allison uh, helped get on campus as well. And our students, as they go on tours, they always stop there. They take selfies. They stand with mom and dad with arms around Bernie to take that picture. And then, of course, they post it out, share it with their friends. We frame them as well and give it to them at the end of their tour. But, but really creative ideas have made a big change for sure. That's remarkable. And again, I think just what you're hitting on too is the importance of really thinking critically about experiential optimization and like experiential design, right? So like, how are you, how are you being very thoughtful in what is the kind when, from the minute people get out of their car, right? At an event, yes. what is the experience we want them to have until the point that they leave, right? And yes. unfortunately, I feel like for lots of reasons, lots of good reasons, people are understaffed or they don't have budget or whatever it is oftentimes events are thrown together so quickly and they're there's people are scrambling and that's that's ultimately why i think the average college recruitment event delivers a subpar experience is because people are scrambling they're, they're not as thoughtful and intentional about like all right when people leave what are the words that we want them to use to describe the experience that they just had right like what are what are the smells like you know we want we want them to leave with a freaking warm chocolate chip cookie in their hand right like all yeah. of that is all that requires, you know, attention. And I think oftentimes when we're all sitting in like the brainstorm room and somebody throws out a, an idea like, oh, we should have warm chocolate chip cookies. Like the maybe the, maybe the like temptation is to be like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's silly. Like, who's going to do that? It's, no, no, no. Like, no one cares about that. Take it out. And yet, in my experience, we went on a podcast tour over the fall. and We talked to tons of students all across New England. And it, when we asked them about their college recruitment experience, it was so funny, the details that they pulled out mm -hmm. as to the schools that had a more memorable on campus tour versus the ones that hadn't were those small details like, oh, they gave us cookies or they gave us, you know, they gave us highlighters, right? Like, or wh whatever it was. And it is just really interesting where when you have, when you're inviting people onto a place that you're in, you know, you're asking them to consider this is your home. Like this is your, this yeah. is your place of study for the next several years, ensuring that that very first experience is optimal that's where all the money is made. Like that's where so much detail needs to be placed. So anyways, kudos to you all for, for doing that. 
And Zach, the word is wow, right? We want them to leave the campus like, wow, I can't believe we just experienced that. So you know the word. You know the word, Katie. Wow. That's that's incredible. Uh, Allison, Allison, talk to us a little bit about like the sh- like organizational structure at Siena. So talk to us about marketing, communications, and enrollment. How how is it how does it work right now? And then like how has it evolved over the course of Well, it's been quite a wild experience over my <laughs> I was counting up the other day. I've worked in four buildings and I've had seven offices because these functions of marketing and communications have shifted a lot in my career. Right now, we are under the vice president of enrollment. So under vice president of enrollment and marketing is admissions, financial aid, marketing, and then we also have data and operations teams in our division. Okay. And public affairs and communications reports to the vice president of strategy and communications, who is also uh. the chief of staff. So that's a more recent change and points to what you were wondering about. You were you were just wondering a couple of minutes ago, our college is going to move in this direction where communications and marketing sort of become their own thing. And so that's what we've moved toward. However, what I will say is my team, the marketing team, meets with the communications and public affairs team once a week. So wow, because okay. there's overlap, there's yeah. you there's you can't do one without the other. And and you need to know what the other team is working on in order to have the best possible outcomes, right? So we still meet really closely. Um, the vice president of strategy and communications, I, besides Katie, he's probably the person that I talk to the most during the day. So it's so that's a good example of it being separate organizational structure, but by sheer will of the parties involved and the understanding of how important it is to work together, we make that keep happening. Do you think, Allison, that this is like a unique, like, do, do you all just work really, you, you, you and Katie have both been there for, a, you know, a while. Is it because you guys have high trust and there are there are lots of other individuals that have been there, been at Siena for, for years and therefore there's this high trust. So, so these, this, this, this sort of like natural evolution of, of organizational structure is even possible because you know there's a, there is a lot of turnover in higher ed mm-hmm. and there, you know, there's a lot of people moving, moving around. And, and I think that from what you just described, it, it sort of sounds to me like you guys have really great relationships kind of across the board. And that is the foundation for why you're able to be so collaborative and and also sort of like be so innovative in how you've structured how work happens. I do think that's key, but we wouldn't have been able to build it. We wouldn't have even had the opportunity if we weren't working in the same division. Does that make sense? So that yeah, move yeah. from when the office I was in was reporting into the president's office, but it wasn't a cabinet position. The, there was a director of marketing and communications. Actually, it was director of strategic communications and integrated marketing, which I always hated because what are you doing if your communications aren't not integrated? I was like, <laughs> but anyway, so we, we didn't have the opportunity until we were we were under the umbrella with the vice president of enrollment. We didn't have the opportunity. From there, that's where the trust has been built. And I do think how we've progressed has been organic and natural because mm. of that. But it, it had to start someplace. We had to prove it to each other for it to work. When you all think about, like, walk, walk us through a, a joint meeting between <laughs> you and Katie. Like, like oh, this is, this is good. Good question then. Um, <laughs> How, how, how do you guys structure your meetings? What do they look like? Like who's talking? What are you trying to solve? Like, you know, what, what, how do you, how do you guys think about 
collaboration time. Katie, you try it. You, you take a stab at this one. I love it. So I think that's one thing that is unique to our team. So we, as a whole enrollment marketing, we meet twice a month, the entire team, financial aid, admissions, marketing, operations, data, everyone, technology work meets together. And the goal of that is, is, is communication, right? Updates on every department. And so all of the, the leaders within each department, myself and Allison and Kathleen for financial aid, we all do updates within our department. But the most powerful part about that meeting, especially when they're in person, and one of the two each month is in person, we start with a nice breakfast. Our, our cafeteria does a nice little treat for, for faculty and staff on Thursdays, free breakfast. So we all meet. It's just being together, right? It's catching up. It's it's The pandemic has been hard, right? And if there's one thing about admissions and marketing and financial aid, we're people people, right? There's a reason mm. I've been in this job for almost 20 years, Zach, because I love working with people. It's, it's the energy I have with students. So when we put us together in a room, and we're able to catch up and have that conversation with each other and just say hello, it's powerful. And then we turn mm. to, of course, the work and we do updates of each department. And then we end it with what's on your mind. And, and we get questions and questions on everything and anything. We always address every question. And I think that's found to be really powerful. But mm. there's a lot of voices, a lot of talking, which we wouldn't want <laughs> any other way. And then, <laughs> and then the communications and public affairs group, they actually come to those with us. Mm -hmm. even though they're in a different division. And on the leadership side, the leadership team of enrollment and marketing and the leadership team of the strategy and communications group, we all meet two times a week. So we are looking at data in real time together. The ideas are coming out. It, it, it depends on what's in front of us. Is it a financial aid strategy issue? Is it a marketing issue? Is it a yield thing that we're trying to work on? We all come together to solve those problems. Wow. Wow. So just so I can understand this correctly, I, I want to throw a couple scenarios at you guys and, and let me know how, how you would tackle this as, as a joint unit. Well, this is fun. So let's say, right, you, Katie, you and your team have spent the better part of six months putting together a, a new comm flow, right? And it's, you, you finally feel good about your post-inquiry comm flow. It's rocking. You guys feel great about it. You're about to go live with it. You do go live with it. And then three months later, you know, the first couple emails seem to be doing well. But then after that, there's just huge, you know, uh, dips and opens and clicks. And you're like, oh, gosh, what is it? Like, what, how, do we, how do we improve these, these communications? Is it the content? Is it the fact that these leads, these inquiries just aren't super qualified, whatever it is? Maybe there's search names. If do, do you then would you ever like tap into Allison and her team and then get in, get, get together in a room and say, hey, guys, let's let's like analyze our conflow together. Like what what's working? What's not like are we are we driving home the the brand messages or the the UVPs that you all are, are touting from the rooftops? Like yeah. in a very concrete example and in, in a context, I should say, like conflow optimization, how, how might your two teams intersect? Oh my God, Allison and I are laughing hysterically. So the Conflow belongs to Allison and her team. They are the ones who who create the communications. They are the voice, the voice that's consistent. The emails come from the admissions counselor. So we're the ones building the relationships with the students and their families. But the ultimate email construction, the voice, the timing of the emails, when students enter the funnel and how all of that is with Allison and her team. Got that it. change took, yeah, which is super, super powerful. So to answer your question, Zach, that belongs to Allison. 
But weekly and daily, I mean, every day, Allison and I talk nonstop. If there's an email that isn't producing great results, we let Allison know. Allison mm-hmm. will then bring it to her team. They're able to see the click rate, how people are engaging with the emails. Very open dialogue and go back and forth if there's an email that isn't working or if there's one that they sent out and wow, I can't believe what that produced. Like we just sent one out that I can't believe the responses I'm actually getting. It's pretty powerful. And so communication is key, but the conflow belongs to Allison. But let me say this, let me, let me say this. Well, one, the reason we do it that way is that it frees up the admissions counselors for relationship building, which is the most important part. And um, our entire strategy to the communications flow is to spark that relationship. We don't just send out like emails full of, here's all of our things we want you to know about Sienna. We almost always center around the student and we ask them questions like, what are you looking for your out of your college experience? What is most worrying about, what are you most worried about when it comes to choosing the right college? Then the admissions counselor can tailor the Sienna message based on the student's response. Instead of just spouting off all this stuff about Sienna, we find the exact right thing that student wants to know about and that student cares about. And we have these engaging conversations happening. And that's where another another good example comes up, the training. The admissions mm-hmm. counselors are so well trained on the brand messaging and on the programs at Sienna that they can then respond one-to-one to all the students. I mean, they every student has a unique response and the admissions yeah. counselors are so good at meeting that student exactly where they are. That is super, super helpful. And I appreciate you walking us through that. That collaboration is is unique. Oftentimes, at least the schools that I talk to, like admissions typically owns, you know, the, the post-inquiry, post-app conflows. And there's always this like tension between marketing and admissions as to, marketing has an idea for a better subject line or a better preview text or whatever it is for the email. And, you know, admissions is a little bit territorial. So it's, it's interesting to kind of see how that, how you guys are, have been able to overcome that. Another, another quick scenario. So, you know, Katie, you and your team talk to students a lot, right? You have a really good sense of this is what people think about Sienna. This is what these particular student persona populations, this is how they perceive us. How, how often are you giving info to Allison and Allison, how long is like, like, does that, does, does the feedback that you get that, that you get from Katie and her team affect like the copy, the creative, the messaging that you guys use for ad campaigns? And, and how often is that happening? There's many times my teams will have an idea and, and maybe there's a, a subject line that isn't working of an email. Maybe there's a better way we can approach it. And I think the fact that we do work so closely and that we meet regularly we're comfortable doing that with each other, if that makes sense. So my team doesn't have to necessarily just come to me. They do. But a lot of times they'll go right to Allison and say, hey, Allison, have you and your team ever thought about this? And I think that's pretty powerful in terms of the relationship that our teams have with the, within each other. And and vice versa. We source a lot of our copywriting and ideas right from the admissions team, the financial mm. aid team. They're working on the front lines and hearing from the students one-on-one. So we had – we we – we were trying to come up with some new FAFSA generation ideas a couple weeks ago. And I said to the director of financial aid who had been, who had worked a weekend's worth of visits that the, the week before, I said, what are the families, families asking you? And she gave me a rundown. These are the questions I'm getting right now. So we centered the copy and the message around the thing that was on the parent's mind. And, wow. and we used that to help generate more filers. 
and it worked. So, I mean, I go to them because they're the ones who are hearing it firsthand. That That is super, super valuable. And when we put something out, I am the first one Google chatting Katie's team. Are you getting responses to this email? What are they saying? So it, it's easy flow back and forth of communications, and it's really important to us. So Katie, what has been most helpful over the last few years where this collaboration has, it sounds like, been a little bit more con? When you, when you think about the past few years compared to before that you all spent as much time collaborating, working together before marketing and admissions were, were housed within the same division, like mm-hmm. what what is the what is the difference that you see, or what what are a couple of of differentiators between the the now and and the then? Yeah, I think that the biggest differentiator is that we're able to focus our attention where it needs to be, and that's relationship building. So when a student responds to that email, you know they are highly engaged with Sienna. You know Sienna's on their radar because they're taking the time to answer that email. In years past, a one size fits all email doesn't necessarily meet each student. Now that it's personal, it's targeted towards the student, they're responding. There's an email response I got over the weekend. It's almost two pages long, Zach. And it was a simple question of, I'm so excited you applied to Sienna. What is it you're looking for in a college? And this response was amazing. Now think about it from my standpoint, Zach, and my admissions team, our standpoint, when we get those responses, the power of the follow-up, inviting them to campus to meet with that faculty member who will be a part of their experience, to go on a tour with a history major, right? It just makes it so much more meaningful. So the biggest change has been the opportunity to create. We've always created relationships, but they're really meaningful relationships now, and they're really personal. And the key personal is such a differentiator because students want, they're unique. Every student has a different vision of what their four years is going to be like. So you've got to take time to help show them that vision. And this partnership has allowed us to be able to do that. That's a fantastic answer to the question. Allison, what what would you say? Like when you think about the the now versus the then in terms of how your teams have have worked together, have collaborated to really optimize this this unit and optimize uh, enrollment marketing for for Sienna. What are what are a couple of key things that come to mind that that stand out between how things are working, why they're working now versus how they used to work? Honestly, before we were working in this way, I'm not positive what difference we were making. Mm. The way we're working now, you can see the results, you can feel the results, you know, you know that you're helping Sienna to achieve the goals it needs to achieve. It really didn't feel like that before. It just didn't. We had these goals, but they weren't tied to what Sienna really needed in that moment. And that's what we're doing here. So we're able to get all of our resources and our, and our thinking on this path together. And it's, and it's a game changer. Katie mentioned the three classes that we have, the three record classes in a row. Those classes were also increasingly more diverse and we held our discount rate. We did not go out and just start throwing money at this problem to get more people to Sienna. We together by relationship building and having the right marketing messages, we've really created this synergy and, and the right financial aid modeling. We've really created this synergy where there's demand for Sienna. We weren't doing that before we were working like this. We were not creating demand for Sienna. So, so fun. So well said. 
So I, I have to follow up on that quickly, Allison here. One of the things that we, I've talked to so many different folks who are working in emissions or working in marketing in, in higher ed over the last couple of years now. And the, the big question that I think a lot of folks wrestle with is, is exactly that. Like what is, how do you parse out the impact that marketing has versus admissions has like, and who gets credit for what, right? Like how do we, how do we understand marketing attribution in its purest of senses? And there are tools out there, there, there are software that help do that. But ultimately at the end of the day, I don't think, you know, we, I'm a big HubSpot fan. I love HubSpot and HubSpot's an incredibly powerful marketing attribution tool for higher ed, but where it fails is at the end of the day, if the teams themselves, if the, if the people on the marketing team and the people on the admissions team aren't in sync with each other and aren't th that feedback and that flow isn't there, your insights are just so limited with respect to your impact from just a reporting tool, right? From just a, a marketing automation software. And so what I love about what you just said, and what I hope people will take away from this is like, we're entering a season in our industry where attribution is more important than ever before, right? Money, people don't have lots of money to go spend on, on marketing and recruitment. And depending on your context and depending on your situation, right, your budget might be slashed from where, where it was a couple of years ago. And I think now more than ever before, schools need to really understand what's working, like, and what's not and why and what of you know, marketing's resources, what, which, which of the campaigns that they're running are actually yielding the qualified students that Katie and her team like need to be speaking with and then vice versa. Right. So I love what you mentioned about, about that. Cause I think that that's something that the industry right now is, is still kind of confused about, right? Like who gets credit for what? And ultimately how are we learning from these perspective teams? Why? <laughs> why? Like with all that we all have on our plates and what we're facing, why are we spending so much time caring about who gets credit? We are still a May 1st deposit deadline school. We're a very traditional school. It's, you know, we serve traditionally aged students coming right out, right out of high school. And what happens on that deadline is a, that's our win. And it's the right. win for all of us. We don't, we don't care. We, we all get credit for what happens. Yeah, stop caring about control over who gets credit. Like there's too much bigger fish to fry. <laughs> You're so right. Amen. Amen. Katie, a couple a couple final questions. When when you what what advice would you give other admissions teams? So, if there's a director of admissions listening to this this podcast right now and they're thinking, "Oh, like I I really wish my marketing person was like an Allison. Like I I I wish that there could be a little bit more collaboration." Like what I know that there are some institutional barriers, right? With like, you know, your your average director of admission doesn't have a ton of control over the organizational structure of the institution. But what can folks do to increase collaboration with marketing to at least walk their way, crawl their way into a reality that looks a little bit more like yours? I love that question. And I, I think the the answer is is simply engage in the conversation, right? So if you've got that that marketing partner, um, you don't work closely with them, pick up the phone schedule a, a half an hour chat and let's just start at the beginning and see what small impacts you can make. It's not going to be huge and grandiose overnight. It's going to take time to build, but start with, with something simple. Maybe it's a, it's a everyday weekday tour that you offer students. Sit down together and start with the, the simple communications, what message you're trying to portray, how can you make that tour fun and engaging, um, and simply just starting with a 30-minute, let's throw some ideas together, 
will quickly see the power and you're going to start to bring it into your everyday to day, bigger picture things, but start with the conversation, do it. It's worth it. What about you, Allison? How would you answer that question? As the marketer, I encourage all of the marketers out there, go and listen to your admissions team and your financial aid team. They have a perspective that makes the marketing strategy so much stronger. They're the ones working on the front lines with students and parents. They're the ones most in touch with who you are trying to reach. I mean, I believe in this so much. I'm working on my doctorate right now, and my dissertation is on college marketing, but I have invited the admissions team and the financial aid into my research process, those teams. It's not just the marketing team that I've invited into my action research project. It's the admissions, financial aid, and marketing teams. On that note, Allison, like, you know, when you think about the future of marketing with respect to colleges and universities, outside of, you know, the top tier institutions, most schools, right, are tuition dependent. Most schools need an increase in enrollment to continue to keep the doors open. So from your perspective and some of the research that you're that you're that you've done right now, what why is it? Why is it that so many institutions still have marketing teams that seem to be at odds with admissions? Like, is it is it not like what am I missing? Like, why why isn't there more synergy? Why why aren't there more examples of what you all have at Siena? Like, why isn't that mainstream? I think it's hard. It's not easy. I think maybe Katie and I are making it sound like everything's hunky-dory and it's easy to do this and just start working together and kumbaya and all of that. <laughs> this has been years in the making. Katie's right. right. You have to take those first steps and you have to be open. You, know, you have to be open. You have to open. If you open yourself up, the other person's going to open their self up to, to that back and forth. I also think so we so four years ago we missed our class. We didn't we didn't like it. We weren't back we felt backed into a corner and we have fought our way back out. So I, I think that we have a fight in us and this has been part of that fight. We have found this teamwork and this synergy to be a secret sauce that helps us accomplish our goals. And so we're not gonna let go of that now, right? So no it, it, but it, you have to start from some so we so we've we've missed and we've felt, we have felt the pressure from the entire college on us, and we respond to that. So I think, too, maybe not everyone has had a miss yet, and they haven't had to change. We've had to change. And so we've, we've done our best to embrace it, but change is never easy, right? But we've been backed into that corner, and I think not everyone has yet, but they will. Great Would you answer. add anything to that, Katie? Yeah. Would you add anything no. to that? She's right. It's hard and missing hurt, right? And and it forced us to change, like Allison said. But the change was also fun. It was so much fun to see what we do now and compare it to what we did four or five years ago. It's completely different, and mm. and it's it's a different energy. It's it's fun to get in the room together and and throw spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks in terms of cool ideas. And so although it's hard, it's also fun. So embrace yeah. it. It's it's worth it. And it's so, I just want to say too, it's so much bigger than marketing and missions. I mean, who has their lead marketer sit in on financial aid strategy meetings? We do that. You know, no. when we gave the presentation Katie's talking about, we asked that question. No one else does that. 
but we mm-hmm. have the but knowing the financial aid strategy that helps you to market your audience better. You you have to have this understanding, and you ha- all needs to be working together. And you'll get there. We were we were not always one team like this, but now so our building is under renovation. And we're, we've been scattered to the winds for two years between the pandemic and the renovation. I mean, there's just no place to put 35 people on campus. So we have some people working at home. We have some people rotating in and out. The rest of us who are still coming to campus are sort of scattered all over campus, you know, separated. And when we move back in in July, Katie's team and my team in admissions and marketing, they're sharing space. We're going wow, to be all over awesome. our offices. Katie and I's office are next to each other. So we're real. So we're doing this remotely and in this scenario, but we can't wait to have that physical closeness as well, because we think that will just take it to a whole other level. And we miss right. each other. We miss yeah. each other so much. Like we're all That's dying right. to get back in that building to be together. And I don't mean admissions and financial aid. I mean, everyone on everyone. our team, yeah. we are just dying to be back together. My, my final question for both of you, and we'll start with you, Katie, then, and then Allison, you can bring us home here, but, um, what, what advice or encouragement do you have for university leadership, right? So if there's a, a VP or a, a president kind of listening into this conversation right now, and they're curious about how do I help support my teams? How do I help increase collaboration and synergy between marketing and admissions within my own institution? And they actually are in a position of power to, to yeah. enact some change. What, what advice would you have for them? I would, I would, I would tell them to start the conversation. So look at the admissions team, look at the marketing team, go bigger, like Allison said, financial aid, and how can you have those three entities work together? Invite the key people into a room and start a conversation. Again, start small. It's not going to happen overnight. It took years for us to get to where, but the the small keeps building and building and building. And now we see the power of working together from start to finish with with everything in terms of the recruitment with students. So start the conversation. It's definitely worth it. Higher ed is changing. We all know that. The people that we serve are changing. And it's really important that admissions and marketing be allowed to be the voice of the market on their campus. Go to them, listen to them. They have really strong perspectives to share that will help you with the the college as a whole. You know, it's easy to think you know, just sell or just market better. That's going to that's gonna get us out of our problems. That's going to have us survive the demographic declines. But that's just a Band-Aid. Mm. That, that's not really solving it. And, and really the admissions and marketing teams and the financial aid teams, the enrollment shop, for, they, they can help you to face what's coming. Well, Katie, Allison, this has been a privilege. Thank you both so much for taking time out of your very busy lives to chat with us, to share some ideas, talk a little bit about, you know, the successful collaboration you both have built with your respective teams. If folks want to reach out and learn a little bit more about how you did it, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Well, Zach said at the beginning for me, you can find me on Twitter at Allison Tercio, T-U-R-C-I-O. Or you can email me at Sienna, A-T-U-R-C-I-O, at Sienna.edu. And my email is simple. It's my first initial K, followed by my last name, S-Z-A-L-D-A, at Sienna.edu. Or email admissions at Sienna.edu, and it'll get to me as well. Wonderful. And we will link those social handles and those email addresses in the show notes. So if you are listening to this conversation and you want to get in touch with Katie and Allison, 
just scroll on down to the show notes and shoot them an email or follow Allison on Twitter. Thank you both so much for your Thanks, time. Zach. It's been a privilege and keep up the great work. Thanks, Zach. Hey there, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Enrollify podcast. The Enrollify podcast is brought to you by Enrollify, a learning community for enrollment managers and higher education marketers. Enrollify was built to empower enrollment marketers with the ideas, the strategies, and the tools that they need to optimize the resources that they do have to generate the results that they need. You can explore our other podcasts like Starter Stories and CRM Prov, or sign up for one of our newsletters, or even watch an episode of Frideas, our weekly video segment, at enrollify.org. And if you know anyone that you think that we should have on this show or any one of our other shows, please reach out to me directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org. Again, that's Zach, Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org. And I'd be happy to chat with you about getting you or someone you know on one of our shows.